Here's Miller and Condon. Ken Miller. Trent Condon. Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO. And now on 106.3 FM. All right, good morning, everybody. Just after 10 on a Wednesday morning, we welcome you to the Miller & Condon radio program on Des Moines Sports Station 106.3 KXNO. It's Trent Condon and Ken Miller. We're with you, and we're going to talk sports with you for the next couple of hours. BMW of Des Moines guest list looks like this abbreviated show yesterday, so we will do at least two of the, well, three, because Cappy's going to be part of it. But uh, we'll start things off with our friend Dave Sinekin, the head cheese com Green Bay Packers and Seattle coming up this week. Look forward to picking Dave's brain on uh, the uh, game last week at Arrowhead and then looking ahead to the late window national broadcast, uh, Green Bay hosting Seattle uh, coming up. Then we'll talk to Dane Muzitani on the Minnesota Vikings, probably a little bit of Minnesota Wild as he covers both of those teams for the St. Paul Pioneer Press. 11.05 means David Kaplan is here, uh, brought to us by Centurion. Curian Stone of Iowa. Well, we will cover all of them because we've got the voice of the Kansas City Chiefs, Mitch Holtis, at 1125. Circa's play of the day. Well, Trent's play of the day, sponsored by Circa. Before we get out of here, and let's get into recapping what was a pretty fun Tuesday night mm-hmm. of sports when it comes right down to it. Uh, with uh, three, uh, well, Drake played two. They played co. I thought it was an exhibition. No, it was a real game. I thought it was exhibition, but it was a real game. Mm-hmm. So uh, they put one in the win column. Three of the four did. Boy, you and I. Yikes. A.J. Green. Whew. That was ugly. So that was ugly. The problem old man yelling at cloud over here okay. with ESPN plus last night, watching Iowa state yep. watching you and I yep. is it's not just a flick of the remote. Mm-hmm. It's on the iPad yeah. and then jumping over and I can cast it up to my screen, but I had other things on the TV. So it's just, it's, it's cumbersome. It's a bigger pain than the old way. When you want to watch two games, it absolutely right. is. It's fine for what it is, yeah. but when you're trying to flip around, and there was a lot going on last night, and I was flipping around, that turns into a little bit of a problem, because when I was watching you and I, whoa. Yeah, I didn't watch any of it, Trent. I followed the box scores it was building. So I was uh, doing a little more research on Nichols State yesterday. It was after I made the bet, bad work out of me, because <laughs> I laid the points with you and I, but I saw they were picked to win the Southland, had a lot of returning guys. They, there was a lot of expectations for this team. All right, so maybe this is a little bit tighter. Maybe the, the point spread, you and I gets out, they're up 9-2. All right, here they go. And then it just went into the tank. Outside of Fife, mm. who was really good, it was bad basketball. They're getting to the rim. They're just The only thing they could do was get to the foul line. That's it. Mm. There was just no semblance of an offensive identity out of this squad. And big reason, A.J. Green could, could not hit shots. He was 1 for 14. He was 0 for 7 from 3, Trent. It looked worse than that. A.J. Green we're talking about here. It looked worse than one for 14. It, it was really, really bad. This is a guy that is benching now 600 pounds. He is jumping. He's benching 600 pounds? He's always been you sure? strong. Strong. He's always, you know, got he's got some build to him as he's developed in his college okay. career. And That's now, a lot of plates. <laughs> he, is, he is thick, and he's got jumping ability. Maybe it messed with his jump shot. I don't know what it is, but... 
It was not the same you guy. You sure he's not squatting 600 pounds? It's, it's huge, huge dude. That's probably what it is. But it he has to be. He's a monster. He is an absolute monster. And he couldn't shoot the basketball. Wow. And they couldn't get anything going. I think they had four assists in the game. It was bad. It was really <laughs> bad. Now for you and I, this was a team expected to be up there with Drake mm-hmm. and Loyola and Missouri State. Those four teams. Now, Missouri State also lost last night. Those two teams basically have to be perfect almost the rest of the way in non-conference. And you and I, they scheduled a lot of really good mid-majors. They're in trouble already. We're sitting here on November 10th, and the expectations, hey, don't forget about you and I, are right off the table that quickly. Well, uh, I, I certainly didn't expect it. I know you liked them yesterday. but um, So let's get to Iowa and Iowa State. We'll see. that. When do they play again? Panthers play this weekend? Thursday. Thursday night. They got Vermont coming in. Another good mid-major. Thursday night. Well, we'll, we'll watch that. Uh, let's do Iowa State. Go in order. They were the first one on the floor. Takeaways from the game, Trent, is uh, they play defense. Mm-hmm. Uh, thank God for the Big Ten transfers uh, right. that, that found their way to Ames uh, because Brockington and Kelsher are, are two very important players on this team, and that's very apparent. Um, Hunter's going to be a star, mm-hmm. and they turn the ball over way too many times. I mean, you've got to value the basketball. Right. But I did like the fact that they showed a little chutzpah on the defensive end of the floor. They did. Yep. This is a team already, you can tell. And Bloom and Chris, Chris um, uh, who did the game? Christofferson. Christofferson, right. Uh, they were good. Yeah, I enjoyed it. It was a good listen. It was. Yep. So, when you look at this team, they're limited. You know, losing Hinson right before the season, mm-hmm. it's a blow. I think, yeah. L- losing Foster before the season, that's a blow. You thought these were two guys that, yeah. even if they weren't guys playing 25 minutes a game, they were going to be part of the rotation at the very least. And he lose those guys. And with it, there's not a whole lot of depth here. Jazz, what's he going to give them? 12 minutes a game. He's maybe more of that kind of player. Same thing for Robert Jones, another one mm-hmm. of the transfers. These are not guys. It's going to be, Kalsher, you're out there. Mm-hmm. Hey, Hunter, here's the mm-hmm. basketball. You go here, do your thing. Brockington, those guys are going to probably all play 35 minutes a game. I think that's what you're ultimately going to see out of this group. I was really impressed by Hunter. First college yeah, game, my two. and he controlled it. He mm-hmm. he was a guy that controlled the game, knew where to be, hit shots when need be. He just, it was as advertised, I thought, for Hunter his Wish first he would have played a little more. He had the foul trouble, but yep. then a lot of guys on that. Trent, there were 57 fouls in that game. Talk it, about disjointed. It felt like 157, too. It was terrible. It's just, every time you get... Mm. Oh, there's no flow. There and was it, no and it flow. wasn't that the, it was a ref show, and they were just calling things to call things now. Now, Both teams were really physical in Pittsburgh. <laughs> they were really. There's a lot of clutching and grabbing mm-hmm. out there, and it's remember early season basketball. That's true, where they're this, a little tighter. Yes, this yeah. is where the whistles will come, right, and right. it will not be called the same in February as it is every single mm-hmm. year. Things will be a little bit tighter here. But I walked away thinking that lock that I had of Iowa State over the two and a half. I don't oh, know if it's a lock. No, really? See, I think I still think you're fine. If you I think I'm over. fine. I do think I'm fine, but I don't think it's an automatic put everything, put the mortgage on it kind of. Yeah. I, I thought there was no way. Now, one bad injury, depth again mm-hmm. there, maybe it does go Kelsher the other Kelsher or Brockington would right. be the ones you fear the most. And I think it's Brockington. Kelsher's, I'm not as big of a Gabe Kelsher fan as you are. I like the way he plays def- defense. He's good right? defense. Yeah, he's, that, he's that, good. That part of his game, he's kind of like, he's got that junkyard dog on mm-hmm. that end of the floor. He's a tough kid. I like that part about him. It's Brockington's team. Well, maybe it's Hunter's team. It's Hunter's team and Brockington's the top scorer. There team. you go. I mean, and, and can it be Hunter's team as his first game? He already annoyed him that. Uh, do you go to the senior? Regardless, uh, Hunter's going to be a really good player. Now, meanwhile, in Iowa City, 
I don't want to go too crazy. Uh-oh, here we go. I don't. Here's the hype train. No. <laughs> Look out, they beat Longwood. I get it, but it's how they did. I didn't know what to expect, right? Wieskamp's gone. Luca's starting for the Pistons. Did you see that? He started earlier this week. Um, so what What did they got? Did this, how about this stat that Bohannon has played under three presidential administrations? That was great, wasn't it? That, whoever came up with that, yeah. well done. Well done. But regardless, Trent, they're fun. They are fun. It's an entertaining basketball team. And this is what you're going to get seemingly every single time with Fran McCaffrey. They're going to be interesting to watch. Now, they're going to drive you nuts on the defensive end. But offensively... that's McCaffrey every year. It is. But offensively, they're fun. They Mm -hmm. get up and down the floor. They run. They shoot. It's it's an entertaining brand of basketball. It is. In a season where I still don't think they're an NCAA tournament team... You're going well, to I feel those... better about him today. And again, I got to tap the brakes. Longwood. But, yeah, you're right. I mean, we'll slow down. And the next five? They should be a look lot. like this, right? There, there's a lot of these games. Yeah. When they're 6-0, and and they'll take on Virginia, who lost last night to Navy. Saw that. Let's slow down on the hype train until we see mm-hmm. them take on some other teams. Because mm-hmm. they're going to be 6-0. And if they're at six and zero, then you got a problem. <laughs> you do, because that means you lost to one of the dregs of college basketball. <laughs> How about Patrick McCaffrey bringing the ball up the floor? Yeah, boy, this kid's. I think he's. I think he's. Health aside, mm-hmm. I think he's going to have a really. He's got a chance to have a really good year. Shot looked better from yes. him. His, you could see that he was in the gym. He was working on that. Uh, mentioned yesterday, Fran had talked about him getting so many shots up during the summer and getting ready to go. Tighten up the handles. He's a really talented player. And with him and with Keegan Murray, two long, mm-hmm. athletic guys mm-hmm. that can score in a couple of different ways, those are going to pose problems. Now, Toussaint was good last night yep. against Longwood. Mm-hmm. We'll see. Bohannon was good at the two against Longwood. Uh, what, was from th- what was he from the three? Right, and he's knocking down three-pointers. They still don't have a traditional center. Rabraka is he's a power forward yeah, that has to play you. center on this yep. team. I'm with you. And... If we don't see it out of the young guys, mm-hmm. we didn't even see Angadale last night. Yeah, he wasn't dressed apparently because I was wondering the same thing. Yeah. I searched Twitter and I found that. Now, Riley Mulvey didn't play a ton. <laughs> my, my takeaway on him is, okay, he's a work in progress and the body's clearly a work in progress yeah. and it's not going to go well when he gets to the Big Ten. He'll get pushed around. He will get pushed around. But I but I can see why they wanted him and they wanted him to reclassify. Right. Remember, this is a guy that sh- should be in high school. Yeah, he should be a senior right now. Right. Instead, he's playing mm-hmm. in the Big Ten for the Hawkeyes, mm-hmm. and that's going to show up. But pieces are there for this to be an interesting team. And Fran, he just puts offensive squads out there every single time. Yeah. You, you move the pieces. doesn't matter if it's the beginning of it with Bryce Cartwright or what they have today. This team is going to score. And I think they have a chance to at least be okay on the defensive end. The Big Ten is going to be a bear this yep. year. It's going to be hard to get even into the top half. To finish mm-hmm. seventh, that would be an incredible season out of the team. I don't think they're there yet, mm-hmm. but I was like you. I walked away more intrigued with this squad. It was against Longwood, yeah. and the next time out, it's going to be another tomato can, right. and that's going to continue. But Come talk to you in December, maybe? Is that what you're saying? There's pieces that you can get excited about. Euless. Yeah, he was good. good. Tony Perkins struggled. That's my dude. Uh-huh. He wasn't very good last night. He was forcing things. And Chris Murray, they got something there, too, with the lefty. Yeah. Another long guy that Mm -hmm. can shoot the basketball. Mm -hmm. We've heard he's a better shooter than his brother, who was knocking down threes and 
Boy, he's good, Trey. Yeah, you know what? This should be this should be the uh, the ticket campaign. Come see him while you can. Yes, I mean, yeah. he, this is it. So efficient, oh, so boy. smart, good around the rim. And if he's hitting that three pointer mm-hmm. at a forty percent clip, look out. He and is he all big. Physically, tank. looks like a different player this year as well. I saw somebody in Hawkeye Twitter last night got a hold of Andy Katz, who works for Big Ten Network. Yep. Came out with his top twenty players in the Big Ten this year. Not listed. Keegan Murray and Hawkeye Twitter was swing and a miss. letting him have it last night. Yeah, that's uh, that's a swing and a miss. Uh, let's do the two. Well, the, did you watch much Michigan State Kansas? A touch. I, I watched, watched more of the ton. first first half. Okay, until we got into the the U and I and Iowa State games. Kansas is going to be good. Michigan, what? St- <laughs> right? What? Um, whoa, whoa, whoa! Slow down, right? And they mark played the tape with, here. What did you just say? They maybe played without their best player. Although Baji last night was out of his yes, mind. Yes, he was. And McCormick down low, and the paint was terrific. And Brown's a pain in the you know what. Mm-hmm. Um, Yesifu looks like a Valley player. I know it's only one game. Mm-hmm. I know it's Madison Square Garden. He made and a, it's Michigan State. He made a bad decision. I think he did. I, I think he did. And then Jalen Coleman lands. He hits the floor. He makes a shot. And Jay Billis is saying that I guess Bill Self or somebody from Kansas has put this little bug in his ear that he is Kansas's best shooter. His talent. Talent has never been a problem for Jalen Coleman lands. But he's got so many off nights, Trent. That's the thing. Oh. And he'll keep chucking. Yes, and, and it, he did last night. He yes. wasn't good. When he finished one of five, one of five, and it felt like it was one of ten because mm-hmm. when he gets the ball, he's got the green light. And even if he doesn't have the green light from the coach, he thinks he's got the mm-hmm. green light. Jalen Coleman Lands has never been a winner. He's never been on a winning team right. in his now seventh year. It's unbelievable of college basketball. That's one to keep an eye on because Abaji don't take out of the game, right? No, he's no. If he continues that, we love that guy from the first time mm-hmm. we saw him his freshman year. And Wilson year. as well, and he's yes. not playing. He's suspended. What, he have a DUI? I think he had a DUI. Yep. And he's got three games, so two more before he plays. Trent, I made two bets last night based on what I saw. Oh, you, j- you I jumped did. aboard. Okay. And you know me in futures. Yes, yes. I bet two Big 12 teams to win the Natty. Two Big Well, obviously Kansas. Kansas is one of them, right? I got them at, I think, 14-1. to 1. You went back-to-back with Baylor. No. no. K- Texas. Texas. I bet Texas. Well, talent's there. Yep. Never been a problem nope. for Texas. They got a bunch of transfers, a bunch of five stars, a new coach. And that's where I go. I'm with you. Chris Beard, Shaka Smart. Mm, I knew who I Advantage, taken. Beard. Right, in a, in a big way. He had Texas Tech minutes away from winning a national yes. championship. If a woulda, shoulda. Texas Tech. Yes. From winning a national mm-hmm. championship. I love that dude. What price did you get on the Longhorns? 15. 15. Well, what about KU? 14. See, I Kansas is one that I also jumped on, and I think I had them. I think it was 16 that I got it. Shoot. Regardless, <laughs> that Kansas goes without saying, but I'm intrigued by that Texas I am one too. Because they got a coach. Yep. That's the big And they got a here. whole bunch of guys who can play. Can they play together? Right. And again, it's early basketball, and we won't know for a while. Mm-hmm. Real quick on this playoff committee took the. Well, they were up in the very rafters of Madison Square Garden. That was cool. It was. It was a good shot. What do they call that? The uh, the catwalk. You know, but there's a, there's it's a section of that building that the Ranger fan. Uh, anyways, it's got its own name. Oh, okay. Um, what did you think of the playoff? Right here. Here's my big. Here's my my uh, bone to pick with them. Okay. Oregon's ahead of Ohio State because why? Head to head. Head to head. Ten days ago, Michigan State beat Michigan, and yet. Mm-hmm. I think Ohio State's better than Oregon. I think Michigan's better than Michigan State. But can you have it both ways? 
Yes. You can. I you think can, so. You can say head-to-head matters when it's three and four, but when it's six and seven, it doesn't? But that's not the only factor, right? There's more than just head-to-head. But doesn't head-to-head have to dominate every one of the criteria? No. I watched these two teams play 10 days ago, and it was a miraculous comeback. They were down 16. The Big Ten apparently has sent an apology letter to Jim Harbaugh for some calls that they apparently got wrong. I didn't see much of the game because one of the locals were on Mm -hmm. at the same time. I don't remember which one it was. It was Iowa, Wisconsin. Is that what it was? That's why. Um but boy, if you're going to say, "Well, we got we got Oregon, but have Ohio State because head to head," but yet ten days ago, that really doesn't matter as much as the other one. Well, come out and say we think Michigan's better than Michigan State. Right, that's the problem, and that's the problem with all of this because and this just isn't a barter thing. This has been going on yes. since whoever the face of the committee has been. This has nothing to do with Gary Barter. Right. It's just the stupidity of the stupid TV show that I hate every <laughs> single week because it leads to these arguments that again debates. Alt- Ultimately, don't matter. don't matter at all. They don't matter. All that matters is what we see Mm -hmm. on that first Sunday in December. That's it. That's Mm -hmm. the only thing that matters. And they will change things, and they will make things up on the fly, and they'll look like idiots, and Gary Bart will look like an idiot, and whoever else they put up there every single time, because it's moving goalposts in order to fit their narrative. Mm -hmm. Oh, they don't have enough top 25 wins. Well, who makes the top 25? You morons do. It's every single week, these same stupid things, these same stupid... It just drives me nuts. I can count on four Wednesdays a year that you come in here completely fired up. I just... Oh, that thing. You're calm, cool, and collected. It's bad for my blood pressure. 50-something days a year, but when Wednesdays after the, after the air quote TV show, you're a different dude. Uh, Oklahoma not moving. I mean, this is, they've played nobody. Oklahoma's best win is what? Right. Nothing. Is it Texas because they were ranked at the time? Kansas State? Maybe. Right. Point being, they don't Nebraska? have a scout. It was a tough game. It was three and seven? <laughs> right. Now the best three and seven in the history of college football. And I mean that. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not being facetious and poking fun. I truly believe that not in all the other ones, but yeah. they got to be on that list. Anyways, we are out of segment number one. Uh, it's time for our keyword. Here's what we're doing. As we mentioned, Tuesday's normally our catch up on the NFL, uh, but we had a half hour show yesterday, so we'll get Sinekin on the Packers, Musatani on the Vikings, then Cappy will slide on in here at eleven oh five. We'll do Bears, amongst other things, with Cap, and then Mitch Holtis on the Chiefs. So if you're a fan of one of the four regional teams, you will hear about them today on Miller and Condon. Time for another thousand dollar handoff. Text the keyword bank to two hundred two hundred right now. It's your chance to win a thousand dollars. That's bank to 200-200. You'll get a confirmation text and info. Standard data and message rates apply in this nationwide contest. Hi, Dave Sinekin, theheadcheese.com. That's his blog, theheadcheese.com. He does Packer Preview every Sunday and has for 26 years on KFAN up in the Twin Cities. He joins us to kick off the uh, first of a couple of NFL segments. We will do the Vikings uh, followed by, or the Packers then the Vikings when we come back on Des Moines Sports Station 106.3. Back to Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO and 106.3 FM. Hi, Miller and Condon. 
Welcome back to Moines Sports Station 106.3 KXNO. Vikings coming up with Dane Muzatani from the St. Paul Pioneer Press. Packers right now. Our friend Dave Syndicate. His blog is theheadcheese.com. You can hear him, Packer fans, on the flagship of the Vikings, KFAN, where Dave is in year 26 of doing Packer Preview. Also does Saturday mornings as well. Dave, as always, uh, thank you for coming on and thank you for being flexible yesterday with our abbreviated program. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Uh, always a pleasure to be on with you boys. You know, I guess my biggest takeaway of this whole thing, uh, and it's it's Jordan Love and thrust into the starting role. Maybe I expected more, Dave. I don't know. I mean, clearly it's a tough place to play, Arrowhead Stadium, for your first start. That's a crazy fan base, as you know. Just your thoughts on what you saw from, I guess, the heir apparent uh, at the quarterback position. Yeah, well, I thought he got no favors from those around him, beginning with his head coach, who, you know, it seemed like ran the game plan he would have run with Aaron Rodgers out there, meaning, you know, didn't account for the fact that Steve Spagnolo was likely to blitz a lot, yep. which he did. Over 50% of Love's dropbacks, he was facing blitzes, and it just seemed like the receivers were running long routes. He was taking five-step drops. He was given no real easy outlets to deal with the blitz and just made things really difficult for Love, and he admitted as much. You always get the coach speak after a loss. This one's on me. You know, I'll take mm-hmm. the blame, which coaches are pretty much assigned to do. But I really do think that Matt LaFleur failed love in a spot where you know you're going to be in a loud stadium. You know this defensive coordinator is kind of a mad scientist. He's going to throw exotic looks at the kid. I don't think he did him favors that way. And then add in special teams, which routinely Awful. had him inside the 15-yard line. In fact, the one time in the first half when he started at the one-yard line, I was prepared for all kinds of doom, but he moved that team like 40 yards out of harm's way and really saved the team, I thought, and did a nice job. So from that perspective, I don't think he got a lot of help from those around him. Um, yeah, he was skittish. He was unsure of himself. I mean, he practiced a grand total of one day with Devontae Adams. Hmm. Yet that was the guy he had to look for time in, time out. And there was no connection, no chemistry, as you would expect. But I thought he got better as the game went along. Certainly in the fourth quarter, he looked like a different quarterback, and I think the the game calling uh, by LaFleur changed late in the game. Uh, Made some mistakes, but I I was not disheartened. Um, I knew people would overreact one way or the other. Uh, I guess kind of what you would expect when you put all the uh, outside factors into play. Mm -hmm. So Kansas City has a set of issues. We get that. But the defense, from what they did against Arizona a couple Thursdays ago to – What we saw on Sunday, Mm -hmm. this defense, with all the problems that they have had injury-wise, credit to them. That defense has really figured things out, Dave. You have to, even with all the frustrations that are out there right now, have to be highly encouraged what you're seeing on that side of the football. Yeah, I really am. And I was one highly skeptical of the hire of Joe Barry, whose track record as a defensive coordinator in Washington, Detroit, left a lot to be desired. But uh, with the Rams last year, uh, was with that Brandon Staley staff, and and brought a lot of that system over, and it's been remarkable what this defense has accomplished. You're right. The caveat is this is not the Kansas City Chiefs that we've grown to know and love the last few years offensively. They're really struggling right now. But, you know, in light of the fact that you're playing all season without Zadarius Smith and you're without Jair Alexander, that's two all-pros, two top 51, because Zadarius was number 51, NFL players. And then, you know, in pregame warm-ups, your rookie Eric Stokes goes down. So now you're down your top two cornerbacks against Tyreek Hill, you know, and, and obviously Kelsey's out there too. But 
they've really gotten good play up front. You know, Kenny Clark left that game in the second quarter. There's another Pro Bowl player that left the defense uh, in the game, and, and they didn't lose a step. Uh, the defensive line, the youngsters playing there have stepped up. But what's really changed is the play at inside linebacker. No Chris Barnes, the second-year former high school teammate of Jordan Love and UCLA kid who was undrafted and really showed flashes last year but just couldn't stay healthy, had the best game of his career Sunday. Uh, certainly learning from Devondre Campbell, the prize-free agent Green Bay grabbed off the street. It was the October NFC Defensive Player of the Month. Green Bay has athletic physical inside linebackers that can go sideline to sideline. And that's just something we have not seen in Green Bay for a number of years. It's elevated the unit because they're already strong on the back end, and they've got that big guy in Clark up front. So, yeah, this defense is getting better. And if and when they get Darius Smith and Jair Alexander back come January, the identity of this team might be more its defense than its offense, as hard as that is to believe. That's that's crazy to believe mm-hmm. that, but that, they certainly looked like that. Uh, Trent's one hundred percent right. Glad he went to defense uh, right off the bat. The other concern, Dave, and, and time catches up with everybody except Brady. Uh, it seems like Mason Crosby might be in father ter- uh, father times crosshairs. It's not like like the same kicker. I know last year, I think it was last year, he had a little bit, uh, uh, you know, gl- uh, periods throughout the season where he didn't look like himself, and he set such a high standard. He's been so good. Do you think that he's coming? I mean, of course he's coming to the end. He's old, Ken. Uh, but he, he looks like maybe not like the same guy, Dave. Well, I think just you know, strictly from a financial standpoint, Green Bay is going to be in such a weird, awful place, salary cap style next year, that this is probably the last year for Mason Crosby at Green Bay. So I think we, we kind of know the end is near. But I don't think his um, physical ability has diminished that much. I think there are a lot of issues on that special teams unit. That was a brand-new long snapper that Green Bay signed uh, during the week last week. That was his first game as a Packers. Iowa State kid, Wordle. Yeah, Iowa State kid who had a lot of family there um, but struggled a bit, and and he was talked about a bit afterwards. I know he's beloved. The guys love him. Uh, You're going to be nervous. You're in Arrowhead Stadium. It's your first game. I mean, these are young guys, so you got to put that into effect. But that that did make a – have an issue. He's had two field goals blocked this year. That's not on Mason Crosby. That's on protection on the right side of the line. And special teams has been a disaster in Green Bay for as long as they've had Hall of Fame quarterbacks. It seems like they just can never seem to get it right. Maurice Drayton, the new head coach, said all or the new special teams coach, said all the right things in training camp and all the things they're trying to fix. And and their coverage unit on kickoffs and punts has been better so far this year. But man, the kicking uh, unit has just been really off. So I'll assign a bit of the problem to Mason Crosby, but a, a minority. I think it's uh, other factors. Uh, the rest of the special teams unit has not held up their end of the bargain. Saturday is when Rodgers is eligible to return. What's the latest on that front? Of course, wouldn't have practice time. If he would come back, what do you anticipate there? And Odell Beckham has a final three. Yeah, the Packers among them, along with the Saints and Kansas City. Thoughts on ODB and also Rodgers playing this week if he is eligible to come back on Saturday. Right. I'll, I'll go with Rodgers first. Uh, Tom Silverstein of the Milwaukee Journal has a really interesting piece today, you know, almost saying, you know, it might make sense to sit him one more week while thinking about the long-term health of Aaron Rodgers. He'll have to pass a cardio test on Saturday. They just want to make sure there's no potential for long-term issues with his heart. You know, there are issues with COVID that go long-term that none of us know about yet because we're just too early in this thing. So they're going to be really careful. Just make sure everything checks out that suddenly after really, you know, almost three weeks off, remember that Arizona game's quite a while ago, 
Uh, he will not have really practiced at all, um, doing except doing his own cardio and his own workouts. So they want to make sure he's ready for the physical uh, action that is involved in an NFL game. And you know, I still think it's probably an eighty percent chance he plays, but they're going to make sure and, and make that decision on Saturday. My guess is he plays, but I won't be shocked if he doesn't. Uh, on the OBJ thing, I mean, <laughs> you know what? From a guy that covers the pack and, and loves the team, it'd be a lot of fun just to see what that dynamic brings to the offense. I think in an ideal situation, he goes to a team with a veteran quarterback who's not going to mm-hmm. put up with his shenanigans in the huddle. Um, so but from that standpoint, it would be fun. And, and that back shoulder catch, I mean, I think he'd be a perfect complement to Devontae Adams. I don't think he'd be a problem in the locker room. I don't think it's a huge need like some do. You've got to have that second weapon. You know, Green Bay asks its receivers to block a lot. That's what Lazard does. Mm-hmm. Even MBS does a lot of that. Uh, it's just, you know, the added Randall Cobb. It's not a huge need. I'd rather see a, a high-end tight end come in to replace Tunyon. I'd always like to see another defensive lineman. But I get that it's sexy. Green Bay's always mentioned. Remember when Stephon Gilmore's name was thrown out there? The first team they all said was Green Bay. I. I, I, I frankly find it hard to believe if the Chiefs and Seahawks are interested, they're going to throw money at uh, OBJ than Green Bay will, which is really veterans minimum. That's all they can really afford, maybe a tick above it. But if money is at all an issue, he's not going to get it from the Packers. If it's playing from a Hall of Fame quarterback, chance to win a Super Bowl for eight, nine games, and figure out where you're going to go next year, then Green Bay makes a lot of sense for him. Dave Sinekin, theheadcheese.com is his blog for you Packer fans. Dave, thank you. We'll talk with you next week. Appreciate it. My pleasure. Take care, boys. Good to talk to you. Dave Sinekin, theheadcheese.com. Dane Mazzutani's in Phoenix, actually, getting ready to cover the Wild and the Yotes tonight as the Wild begin a three-game road trip. He also covers the Vikings. He's a busy guy, does a lot of writing, and he's with us. Dane, Trent, and Ken, thank you for coming on. Just real quick on the Wild, I guess one of the stories thus far uh, in the Central Division is the play of those Wild. It's going to be a close battle. Colorado's going to be there when it's all said and done. Uh, the Central Division, as good as it was prior to the COVID shutdown, it's come right back, and boy, is it entertaining. Yeah, it's a heck of an entertaining division, and um, I don't know. I wasn't sure about the Wild coming in. I, I knew they were going to be pretty good. I, I knew this was a playoff team. Now, did I think they were going to be able to contend for this Central Division crown? No, I thought Colorado was going to run away with that, and they very well still might. Right. You know, they've been dealing with injuries. Um, they're going to get to full strength, and they're probably going to hit their stride at some point. But what's important to note about the Wild is, look at like. I think we're 11 games into the season. I think they've trailed in seven of their eight wins. Hmm. Um, they're finding ways to come back. They, they're never out of a game. Um, and I think that's a good sign because you look at teams, and you know, NHL teams, NFL teams, over the course of an 82-game season, how often do you see a team you know, go down in the first period or the first quarter, pack it in, say, you know, we're going to play another game in two nights. Like, you know, let's just <laughs> let's get our rest and go home. Like The Wild haven't done that. That's a great sign moving forward. Arizona, then to Vegas, then Seattle. Pretty good road trip. Danny on the road trip for the whole thing, and well, you could head down to LA for the Vikings game on Sunday. Right? Yeah, I should have thought a little bit ahead of that. <laughs> I guess. Um, no, yeah, I'm here the whole time. Okay. So um, it, it, it's good to be back on the road. Um, last year was a little weird with Zooms, um, the face to face. There's nothing like just chatting with guys, and you know the things you get. I mean, Zoom was obviously a great tool, very necessary for what we were going through at the time. Um, uh, you know, in the world. Uh, but nothing like the face-to-face interactions and just being at the games and being on the road. Uh, the Vikings, meanwhile, they, you know the Vikings, Nebraska, the Cornhuskers are the 
equivalent of the Vikings, finding okay. ways to lose games that they probably should win week after week after week. They get Baltimore to overtime. They get the turnover. Just a terrific play. I think it was Kendricks that made the play, tipped the ball, and then uh, and then it landed in his arms. And then handoff, handoff, and incomplete. Turn the ball over. Lamar Jackson takes over and down the field they go. This is this this story is. Like Nebraska, it's how close that they have been in all the games that haven't gone their way for one reason or another, Dane. Yeah, it's crazy. I mean, like it sounds like a, like a fandom talking, and it's it's not. But like you look at this team and, and, and the wins that they could have had, they could be like seven and one right now, eight and all, very easily, like with like a couple plays here and there. Um, but the reason they're not is because they're just not mentally tough in these situations. Like you know, the Arizona lost, you know, when, when Greg Joseph missed the field goal with the, as time expired. Maybe you can talk that up to Fluky. I guess the, the Cincinnati loss, you can see, like, is, you know, a little bit, not Fluky, but just beginning of the year, maybe you're not prepared. But when things like this happen week after week after week, you just find ways to lose. It's not a fluke anymore. It, it's yeah. It's coaching, but it is also, like, these guys do not know how to handle success right now. And it's almost like when they're put in a position to succeed, uh, they find ways to either avoid it or they're afraid of it. Or like, like you mentioned, in overtime, perfect example. Heck of a good play by the defense to get them the ball back, and they immediately go three and out. Yep. Like, can you imagine if Aaron Rodgers gets the ball back or <laughs> Tom Brady gets the ball back? The game's over, and, and the opposing team knows it. Uh, with the Vikings, it's like, okay, well, you know, you kind of just bought time before you ultimately lose the game. So uh, I thought some of these losses early on were fluky, but when they continue to pile up on each other, they're not. Um, team's just not very good, um, and I think – you know, it's only a matter of time before we see some changes down the road. Yeah, head coach's office being one of them. Yeah. I'm a Zimmer guy. I am too, but it's but time. It just feels like, yeah, it's run its course. It's been there. This has been a frustrating year, no doubt. Is this, I go back to like Favre's last year, where just the wheels completely fell off. Is this as frustrating as a season? You're up there, you hear it day after day. Feels like it's got to be up there, one of the most frustrating seasons, certainly of recent history in Viking football. I think so, because I think the expectations were obviously high. I think um, a lot of people entered this season looking at this group as like, okay, kind of our last stand. Mm -hmm. Um, If we don't get it done this year, there's probably going to be changes because how much can you continue to do the same thing over and over again and expect different results? So I think the beginning of the year, there was this tangible feeling on the team like we need to do something this year. And it wasn't like blind faith. Like this team is talented. There's, there's good players at every level every, on both sides of the ball. So I think, yeah, I think you could chalk this one up as a really, really disappointing season. Um, and the Vikings have had their fair share of disappointing yes. seasons over the last decade. So the fact that this one ranks right up there, I think is largely because the team not only is talented enough to succeed, but has shown glimpses of being like, if things were to click, this is how good they can be. Um, they're like I said, they're not. They're just not a very good football team. But it, it's it's weird that they're not because there is a lot of talent on board. Um, it's just something's not clicking, and in the biggest moments, they're not getting it done. And they've dig, they've dug themselves quite a hole. I know, I know a couple wins here and there, and you're right back in it in the NFC mm-hmm. because the, yep. it's very top heavy. Um, but you look at the last two weeks in particular. I mean, you should have won two weeks ago. You probably say you could have won 
you know, at Baltimore last week. Uh, if you beat the Cowboys in Baltimore instead of three and five, you're five and three, you're right back in it. Um, but you're not, and, and now they have to dig themselves out of a hole again. Um, Thirty seconds left. How much blame is Clint Kubiak getting, the offensive coordinator? Quite a bit, I think. Yeah. Um, I think there's a lot of people, especially within the media, that are saying, "Is was this guy ready? Like mm-hmm. to call plays?" And he's 31 years old, and you know, uh, I think a lot of these things are. The questions that, that exist at the beginning of the year were fair. Um, when you look at kind of the results now, the Vikings are great when the plays are scripted. They're they're great early on, but when the game calls for in-game adjustments and you have to scheme against what the other team is trying to do to stop you, Clint Kubiak has struggled. He's gone back to you know run, run, pass, um, and things like that. There's a reason the scripted plays are good and the, the in-game calls are not. I think that falls largely on Clint Kubiak's shoulders. Dane Wizzitani, it's a hell of a roadie. You're on Phoenix to Vegas to Seattle. Uh, that, that, I'm envious. That would be a fun one. Clint, uh, Dane, thank you. Appreciate you coming on. We'll talk to you down the road. We appreciate your contribution. St. Paul Pioneer Press, Dane Wizzitani. Thank you, Dane. Anytime, guys. Good to talk to you. Dane Wizzitani. That's a, that's a pretty good roadie, right? Vikings. I wonder where they stay in, in, uh, in Las Vegas, the teams. Hmm. You would know better than me. Well, my guess Let's... would be the Four Seasons, which is attached to the Mandalay Bay. Sure. It's hard to find. Okay. Um, it really is. That would be my guess. Yeah. Cosmopolitan. Do you, would, you, would you put them in a casino? Probably. Would you? It's a business trip. I mean, there was a lot of talk when Vegas got off to that roaring start. That well, that's where they were. There's the Vegas hangover. <laughs> right, right, right. And that was a reason for a lot of their success. Now, he also saw it was a really good team and talented uh-huh. team. But, yeah, I you, you can put them anywhere. Team. They're going to fight a casino if that, they want to fight true. a casino. Yeah, it's not hard. No, not not at all. <laughs> Vikings fans, uh, I got some sad news for you here. What is it? If you think about, well, you know, maybe just a couple of retools. His team is close. New coach. Yeah. Fourth least amount of cap space for 2022. Oh, my God. Do you have the entire list in front of you? I have the top 10 least uh, amount you? of cap room. I know one team that's not on there because I think the good guys have the third most. Oh, that'd be your Broncos? It would be the Broncos, yes. Trent. Saints, Packers, Cowboys, Vikings, and Giants. The five teams with the least amount of cap space for next year. Hmm. We will come back with Kenny White. We'll go to Vegas. Um, maybe he knows where some of the teams stay. Kenny White, KennyWhiteSports.com. Miller and Condon are on Des Moines Sports Station 106. Point- Call 1-800-BETS-OFF. Hi, welcome back. Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station 106.3. Kegs and a little bit late. Let's get right to him. He's Kenny White, KennyWhiteSports.com. He joins the program. How are you, sir? Hey, Ken and Trent, doing great. I felt like yesterday was Christmas Day <laughs> uh, with college basketball opening up. It was great. I just told uh, Trent I just finished this morning updating all of the games from yesterday, updating every single team, their rating and their uh, uh, over-under. So, yeah, I'm so excited for day two. And here we go. Uh, as, use your line. They'll be singing the anthem somewhere, uh, and they will be That's again exactly here today. Right. Hey, just real quick as an aside, we brought this up in our last segment. Do you happen to know, and I'm guessing it's it's not there's not one hotel that hosts every NHL team or any NFL team. My guess was the Four Seasons. Where do the teams stay when they come to Vegas? The uh, N- NFL is at the M Resort. Oh, at the M, way out there. Yep, that uh-huh. is the uh, Raider, Raiders Hotel. Yep. Actually, I'm sorry. You know what? I, that's the Raiders Hotel. Oh, okay. I'm sorry, the Raiders, the Raiders stay at the M Resort on on Saturday uh, for the games leading up to Sunday. I'm not sure where the uh, 
that's that's a good question. I'm not sure where the uh, visitors stay. Gotcha. Well, let's get down to business, shall we? We've got a handful of games. Well, real quick, what did you learn, if anything, after one night of college basketball? I mean, it's, it's hard to, right? The, the competition's not the best. Kansas, Kansas and Michigan State was fun. Likewise, Duke and Kentucky. Did you learn anything about those four schools? Yeah, they were they were a lot of fun to watch. Yeah, I learned Duke's a little bit better than I thought. Uh, uh, star freshman is really good player. Uh, can do a lot of a different couple, things. Yeah. And, yeah, Kansas was very good too. I, I really like Kansas. They're my number one rated team. Mm. Uh, so I was very, very, uh, happy to see how well they played against Tom Izzo. Never liked to bet against Tom Izzo as a dog, but, uh, Kansas is a really good basketball team. I think they are the best team in the country. Well, Kenny, a lot of great games coming up this week. So let's get into them. And as you look through this slate, it feels like a little bit different, but that doesn't matter, right? For you, for somebody like you, it's not about how good the games are. It's about, Finding value. Let's start in the Big Ten. Michigan Penn State looks to be a good one. Let's find the value with the Nittany Lions and the Wolverines. Yeah, sure is. Michigan uh, new life now and uh, number. I think they're number five or seven. Number seven. Yeah, six, six or seven. Six. Right? Six. 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 Yeah, yep. I think they're right in that spot. They're right, right behind Cincinnati. So, uh, with Michigan State's loss, they're both five and one now, a game behind Ohio State, and they both play Ohio State, but got to get past Penn State first. I made Penn State a small favorite, minus one and a half. But I really like the under. Uh, this is such a big game for both teams here. Uh, the defenses are both ranked in the top 15. Michigan number 13 at 4.8 yards of play allowed, and then Penn State at 4.6 yards of play. So Penn State finally got off the uh, snide, the losing streak last week against Maryland. I think that brings a lot more hope into this game for the Nittany Lions. So, Seven and two to the under Penn State is this year, so I'll continue that trend with them to go under here. Well, there's a huge game in the Atlantic Division of the ACC: North Carolina State and Wake Forest. Wake Forest uh, coming off. Uh, did they get beat last week? Um, Pitt got beat last week. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I think Wake Forest went down. Did they Wake not? To North lost, Carolina. Wake yeah. Forest lost to North Carolina. Right. However, that was not a conference game. Oh, you're right. It was, was was not scheduled as a conference game. They, right. they played because they're such big rivals, yep. and they said, well, when we're not lined up in conference, yep. we'll, we'll play during the regular season, and they did. So, yeah, a lot of people may think Wake has a conference loss, but they don't. They're yeah. still 5-0. and which, which is crazy. Well, they may after this week. NC State, the Wolfpack are pretty good. Uh, driver's seat in the Atlantic, whoever wins the game. That's right, exactly right, because NC State is 4-1. and one. They win. They'll have the head-to-head. And I will be rooting for the Wolfpack. Uh, they're already over the total from, from uh, what the posted Vegas total was. So already won that over-season bet. I'm um, hoping they win this one. I do not have a play on the game, though, because I really like uh, Dave Clawson and what he's done at Wake Forest. It's a good football team. It's going to be fun to watch. They are a very high-scoring football team. They average 44 a game, but I'm going to go under the total. People are going to say, how can you go under the total with Wake Forest? Even though they score that many points a game, they're still 5-4 and four to the under this year because these totals get so high. Well, North Carolina State only allows 16 points per game. They're number four in my book in defense. They're number 20 in yards per play allowed at 4.9. But this is a very good defense. I think they travel this weekend. Such a big game. Both teams could get conservative. I feel like I only need one very low-scoring quarter, maybe a 7 nothing or 3 nothing quarter, and I can get this under 66.5. Huge one in the Big 12, Oklahoma-Baylor. Mm. What do you have, Kenny? Uh, it's going to be fun to watch. Uh, I'm going to go over. Uh, offense is the uh, call of the day for both teams since Caleb Williams has been the starting quarterback at Oklahoma. 
they are number two in the country in yards per play at eight yards. Baylor number five at 7.1 yards. And then the defenses, both defenses, give up a lot of yards. Oklahoma number 90. I don't think they're that bad, but they give up 5.8 yards of play. I think they're more in the top 40 defensively, but still, still just the top 40 defense. Baylor number 52. Both teams are 6-3 and three to the over. Uh, Oklahoma averages 43 a game. Baylor averages 36 a game. Both teams are getting exciting in this game. Uh, I'm going over the total here. Uh, let's jump ahead. We only got uh, like uh, 90 seconds left. Tennessee and Georgia, it's a lot of points. Tennessee's better than I think a lot of people thought they were going to be. Can you make a case for the Volunteers not to win the game? What, what do you think about this game? Can, can yeah, Tennessee keep it close? Case, yes. Yeah, I'm, I'm taking the balls. I took the 20 and a half. I took the bait here. Uh, I really like what Josh Heupel's doing. Uh, they're 25th in offense. And they're 44th in defense, but I have them ranked 19th. I think their defense is far better than that. I think they have a top 25 offense and defense. This is the last team that could give Georgia uh, any type of struggle, I think. And I believe the NASCAR offense might put Georgia in a little bit of tired. They might be gasping a little bit in the third and fourth quarter. So not only do I think they can stay in the game, I think Tennessee could score a late touchdown to get in the back door if Georgia gets that big lead. So I'm taking Tennessee. KennyWhiteSports.com. Basketball's underway. The music's playing. That means you have 15 seconds. Talk about Kenny White Sports. Oh, boy, yeah. Power ratings right now, you get every sport, five sports, the best deal ever. $19.99. We've got people signing up. I had 45 people sign up yesterday because it's college basketball season and people need to know how good these teams are. So go to KennyWhiteSports.com. The power ratings are $19.99 a month. Good stuff, Kenny White. We'll talk to you in a week. Thank you, sir. Thanks, guys. Have a great weekend. Yep, you too. Kenny White, Kenny White Sports. Cappy kicks off hour number two.